0: Oh, hi. I'm Josh Lakash, and this is Wrong Opinion. Today, I have an amazing guest for you. Her name is Laura Loomer. She is a provocateur. She's she's running for Congress in the 21st District in Florida, in Trump's district, Palm Beach, and she's going to win. She's running against six other Republicans. The primary's in August, and then she's going to win that easily. She's out-raising everyone, and then she's running in uh in November. November's the election. She's going to win. Not only that, but she's probably the most banned person in the whole world. She's been banned from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Medium, GoFundMe, Venmo, MGM Resorts, PayPal, Lyft, Uber, and Uber Eats. Probably other things too. Look, I've only been banned from from uh what's it called? Periscope. I think I've maybe been banned from something else. I don't remember. But that's how dangerous she is to the elite to the deep state we go into all that so sit back relax and enjoy so you're running you're running for congress in in palm beach right like the 21st district palm beach yeah that's trump's district Uh uh-huh and you're running against six other republicans and, uh, and then the elections in November, but when, when is the primary election? Cause you're going to win. So my whole point is you're, you're, you're going to win. Uh, so you're going to be stuck there for a long time. Cause you're going to keep winning, but yeah. who, who the when is the... In sorry,
1: the primary is in August.
0: So then August and then November.
1: Yeah. So the primary is August 18th. And then the general election is November 3rd.
0: Are there any polls out?
1: Uh, So we did some internal polling right before coronavirus, and it showed me as the front runner, obviously, in the primary. And then I was polling ahead of the Democrat incumbent. So the numbers showed me at 48 percent, and she was at 41.7. So I guess if we ought to be generous, we'll round that up to 42. And I'm still polling ahead of the Democrat incumbent.
0: Are you um, are you out raising her as well?
1: Definitely, yeah. So I've out fundraised all of my primary opponents combined in the multiples, plus uh, combine that with everything that Lois Frankel has raised. So I'm out raising everybody on the Republican side and the Democrat side. And uh, I've done it for three fundraising quarters in a row now, which is every fundraising quarter since I filed to run.
0: Are there, are, are that, that's pretty impressive considering you're not on social media besides Parler. You're on Parler and you're on Telegram. I think you're still on YouTube, but you don't really use it.
1: But I don't really use it much anymore since I'm not doing my activism. But I am on Parler, where I just got 100,000 followers yesterday, so that was good. So for people who say that Parler and Gab are not, uh, you know, are not comparable to Twitter, uh, you got to make the first big step to to get off those sites to get onto Parler and Gab. But there's definitely a lot of activity there because I have 100,000 followers on Parler and about 30,000 on Gab.
0: How long did it take you to get a hundred thousand followers on, on parlor?
1: So I started using parlor when they first uh, came out at the end of 2018 and I created an account and then, uh, I wasn't utilizing it as much. I was, I was permanently banned on Twitter at that time, but I, I only started really using parlor a lot more when I was banned on Facebook and, um, Instagram in May. So a little, a little over a year it's taken me to get a hundred thousand followers.
0: That's crazy. Well, what, what, when you were on Twitter, what did you have?
1: I had 265,000 at the time that I was banned. But of course, you know, if you, if you add in all of the purges, because you know that Twitter does these purges and they'll take away large amounts of your followers at once. Right. Um, I probably would have had, you know, close to half a million, but there were times when they would purge 25, 30,000 followers of mine at a time, you know? Um, but on Instagram, I had 200,000. So I had 265,000 on Twitter. I had 200,000 on Instagram and about 100,000 on on um, Facebook. Uh, but what really matters is your reach, right? So I had right. 265,000 followers on Twitter, but my metric showed that I was reaching 150 million, okay, 150 million impressions per month right before I was banned.
0: How do you think you're able to get, I mean, you're, you've never ran for anything before at all. And how do you think you've been able to not only do this as a rookie basically, but without the major social media outlets, how how do you think you've been able to do it? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, it's a movement and, uh, this is much bigger than just my congressional race, right? I represent a movement And it's a movement to help take back America from the destructive globalist forces who are trying to ruin our country from within. Uh, I represent a a free speech movement as well. And what has happened to me uh, has happened to millions of other people, not on the scale that it's happened to me, but it's gearing up that way. Right. We're seeing it now. And. Uh, censorship really is un American. And I believe that when I decided to run for Congress and I was inspired to run after I was uh, deplatformed everywhere and became the most banned woman in the world, uh, and I started thinking to myself, wow, you know, this is happening in America. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty high profile. I know a lot of people in the media, a lot of people in politics, and no one's doing anything about this. And my own bank shut me down. So who's advocating for these people who are having their civil rights violated? Nobody, right? And that's just not Democrats. I'm talking about Republicans too. There really aren't any Republicans in Congress right now with the exception of maybe Uh, Congressman Paul Gosar out of Arizona, who are taking the threat of censorship seriously. And it really is, in my opinion, the most important uh, and most pressing campaign issue this election cycle, Uh, because now these social media sites are trying to influence the election by even going so far as censoring and silencing President Trump and his speech, policing his speech. Uh, And so this is something that a lot of people can relate with. Uh, it threatens the core of what we are as a country. It threatens our first amendment, right. And our God given constitutional rights. And, uh, without the first amendment, there really is no America. And that's why I've been able to uh, acquire so much momentum and support for my race, not just here in America, but internationally, uh, my race is being reported on. Of course, you can only donate if you're a United States citizen, perhaps if I was a Democrat, the rules would be different. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, people all around the world are watching my race. I get I get letters in the mail from people in Hong Kong, people in India, uh, people um, in, in Norway, people in Sweden, people all over the world who message me and say that they are watching my race and hoping that I can pull it off because my election victory would be such a blow to these tyrants in Silicon Valley and these tyrants in the left who have created this whole uh you know modern day culture built off of cancel culture and you know ruining people and shaming people and you know publicly destroying somebody's ability to have a fruitful career um
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh and so a lot of people are 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 inspired by my race
0: why why don't you think other politicians are doing anything about this right now
1: because they're bought and paid for And, you know, the media doesn't do their job anymore. And so you're not going to hear about this in the media. Uh, But if you look at an FEC report, all you have to do is go to the FEC site and pull up the campaign contributions of members of Congress. And you have people in the Democrat and Republican Party, right? It's not just the Democrats. Republicans are to blame for this as well taking money from big tech. And honestly, I don't think uh, elected officials should be allowed to take money from big tech. That's probably never going to change due to Citizens United. Uh, but I just think that it's morally reprehensible for elected officials to be taking contributions from these big tech social media companies who are actively and openly, it's not even like they're hiding it anymore, openly silencing uh, you know, certain people in society with a very clear goal of influencing uh, and, and, um, subverting our fair election process in this country and, uh, money talks, you know, money talks. And a lot of these elected officials, they don't really care about being a voice for the people. They don't really care uh, about the oath that they took. They care about getting their six figure check in Congress every year and getting reelected at any and all means, even if it means, you know, selling, selling off America's first amendment right to the highest bidder in Silicon Valley or, to whichever, you know, big tech lobbyist walks into your office on Capitol Hill that day.
0: Yeah. Do you think that once you're elected, um, is there, do you think that there are actionable steps to stop tech censorship or you think that your, your victory will be more symbolic? And do you think that more people, uh, more of your peers in Congress would fall, fall in line? after seeing that you won? Yeah,
1: it's both. But look, it's not just the censorship issue. Censorship is one aspect of the problem with big tech. And obviously, it's one that, you know, seems to get some attention online when people get banned. But the bigger issue is just big tech tyranny as a whole. Uh, It's not just uh, it's not just uh, censorship. You have people being data raped. Okay, these companies are selling people's data, illegally surveilling uh, users, selling their their data to third-party users. Okay, uh, I don't know if you have an iPhone, but uh, yeah, I, do. I think you do. you do, actually. You pop up as blue and gray. Um, but if you check your iPhone right now, well, I'll just have you do it while we're on this interview and you can check for yourself. Go to your system, your system settings in your phone.
0: Okay, general?
1: Yeah, go to your system settings in your phone. Yeah, I'm there. And look at where it says update.
0: Update.
1: Like software update.
0: Software. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And what does it say?
0: Oh, I think already, I think already installed it, but but okay. you're 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 gonna talk. You're talking about the the what's it called for the coronavirus thing, right? Yeah.
1: So they don't wow. even tell people about this and you wouldn't even know because like me, I assume you probably already have automatic updates just selected yeah. on your phone. But Apple now has an update that says that, you know, they're going to be implementing uh, contact tracing for COVID. And so now these, these, these big tech companies are going to be surveilling you on your personal devices, which they're probably already doing anyway, regardless of whether they alert you to it. Uh, but Why is it their business as to whether or not you have coronavirus? You know, what are they going to do? They're going to give your information to the authorities so that they can come arrest you. If you don't abide by quarantine.
0: Well, it's
1: exactly what they're going to do. And they've already said, that's what they plan to do because Google and Apple want to, then they've, they've already been working on it. Surveillance apps to track you if you have coronavirus. So we are witnessing an absolute destruction. I mean, you might as well just put it in a fire and, you know, put it on pay-per-view for everybody to watch because that's what's happening here. These Democrats and Republicans in Congress are turning a blind eye as big tech uh, which now compromises uh, one-fifth of our economy it's 2.2 trillion dollars of our economy uh, they are they are just putting a, a flamethrower to our Constitution and they're just going down the line whether it be the First Amendment the Second Amendment okay the Fourth Amendment total invasion of people's privacy um, and this is really problematic because a lot of people now just because you have these authoritative figures saying, well, go social distance. And if you don't, or you better do this or else, a lot of people don't really have it in them to fight back. A lot of people um, are scared of authority. And so they're just listening. And this is exactly how atrocities over time have happened. This is exactly how uh, egregious civil rights violations occur or soft genocides or even full-blown genocides end up happening is when um is when uh, people are scared of, of, of saying no to authority.
0: Well, yeah, that that software update, update reminded me of that video that came out of Canada. I don't remember where in Canada where the police just showed up at someone's house. They just go in. It doesn't matter. And they are forcing them to go to the hospital to get some sort of checkup for coronavirus. And uh, that's not too far-fetched for it to start happening here, especially with, with, with an update like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it already is happening and you see that there are people who have had the cops called on them. I mean, like I said, the media isn't even reporting on all these stories, but uh, you probably see it more than I do because you're not banned, but there's always videos coming out of people, you know, the police showing up at uh, restaurants or salons or people's homes telling them that they're going to get arrested. Or you've seen videos of mothers and fathers who uh, are being arrested out outside in parks for simply going outside during quarantine. And then the Democrats being, uh, you know, satanic and diabolical in their ways, as as we know they are, uh, they recently just proposed uh, another bill, uh, House Resolution 6666, uh, which yeah. was the Trace Act. And so they want to actually uh, propose legislation to trace Americans and uh, I believe elements of this legislation would allow for child protective services to come into your home and take away your kids as a way to quarantine them if you test positive for corona or to have the government and authorities force their way with force into your home uh, to test you against your own will or to uh, eventually force you to take a vaccine when uh, they come up with some coronavirus vaccine um, this is this is diabolical this is this is un American all tyranny.
0: yeah it seems like you know in the beginning it seemed like everyone was kind of open-minded okay 14 days to stop the to bend the curve or whatever and then after that it seems like okay that they threw that out the window and then it was really about just keeping us quarantined yeah. and then and then now we see what the whole thing was so it, it kind of seems like this whole coronavirus thing has been a false flag do you think that trump was led down a path by by uh, globalist types within his, his administration or uh, or do you think that he's a part of this do you think he, he's handled this well uh, because now we can clearly see that this is this is a little bit more nefarious this is this is kind of like the Patriot Act after
1: 9/11 well I think that uh, President Trump has definitely woken up to the fact that dr. fauci is not uh, not his friend uh, a lot of Look, President Trump is in a tough position, right, because he's the leader of our nation uh, and he has to rely on health experts. But you would like to think that the president would be able to actually uh, rely on health experts without uh, without having to worry about them sabotaging for the deep state. And yeah, I think that it's very concerning that Dr. Fauci, you know, the WikiLeaks emails came out, and you saw that he was writing letters to Hillary Clinton, talking about how he loves her and admires her, and and uh, his photographs that came out with Bill Gates and 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 um, what's what's her face, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, so these are definitely people who I don't think should be trusted. And uh, do I think that the country should have been shut down? Absolutely not. I think that uh, we now see how overhyped the coronavirus was in terms of the cdc projections i mean they were talking about millions of americans dying millions of americans have not died from coronavirus uh and and the cdc they thought nobody was going to notice and they just slashed the numbers they just slashed the numbers after telling us that that all these people were infected they cut it in half to the point now where i believe i saw a statistic the other day that said that uh that uh, there are less reported cases now of coronavirus than uh than than flu cases if you look at the the slash numbers on the CDC site.
0: Yeah, and and uh the 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 numbers have been heavily inflated. I mean they there it's a, it, the whole thing's a lie. And, and and also we've now realized that the death rate is way lower. More people have probably had it than we realize. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't know. But ba- speaking of Dr. Fauci, I had Jacob Wool on last week. And he he kind of took credit for uh, the downfall of Dr. Fauci. Whether that's true or not, I kind of think it's funny. You've worked with Jacob, right?
1: Well, you know, Jacob, uh, Jacob and I uh, were in Minnesota together at the time, and uh, you know, we've um, I guess with the we-
0: Ilhan Omar thing.
1: Yeah, with the- Ilhan, I had already done my investigation, but then. He and uh, Ali wanted to do a uh, a documentary, and they asked me to come out, and so I did. But, yeah, I know Jacob. I know Jacob, and his dad, a uh, very nice guy, uh, represented me when Gavin Newsom pressed charges against me for trespassing and tried to have me thrown in jail. Uh, and so his father, um, you know, represented me and got the charges dismissed. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah, I, I actually I admire Jacob's tactics. A lot of people kind of shit on it, you know? But, uh, yeah. I think, I think that we need more controversial people on the right. And I mean, you, you've had some pretty controversial, um, you know, I, I don't know what I, I like with him, I called it a performance art. Like he's a performance artist. I don't know if I'd call well, you that
1: totally but. trolling, you know, he was clearly trolling. And the fact is, is that the media can't help themselves, but to report on things. And so, you know, then they, then they report on it, but it's, uh, I guess you could say what he does is some form of uh it's extreme performance art, right? Yeah, uh, I mean but, and it's also it's also very uh strategic um and sometimes funny in a sense because he uses in these very extreme satirical ways. I don't I don't think that anyone takes the press conferences that he has seriously when I when I say seriously, I don't think that they actually think that it's a matter of fact. Uh it's clearly satire. Because when you look at what the Democrats have done, right, when somebody uses their rules against them or, uh, or pushes back in a very um, extreme and publicly humiliating, uh, humorous way, depending on what side of the political aisle you're on, they can't handle it, right?
0: Yeah. You, you've done more serious things, though. For instance, when you stormed the, that play, You've been on Broadway, basically. You're you're an actor. You're you're a famous actress. Um, it, it, what was that play? The Julius Caesar, Shakespeare, something? Yeah,
1: that was uh the Julius Caesar, Shakespeare in the Park. Um, and so yeah, yeah, that's that's the comparison. As I, I, uh, I have a more serious element uh, to the journalism and the activism that I've done. Uh, but then again, I'm not I'm not really in the business of uh, condemning other. Uh, other, uh, conservative activists. You know, I know that a lot of people in Con Inc like to throw other conservatives under the bus, but, um, as long as there's no incitement to violence, uh, you know, the Democrats never condemn people on their own side. So I'm not really, um, Oh yeah. They don't, they, they don't condemn other people under the bus. So yeah, they
0: yeah. don't condemn Antifa or anything like that. And I, 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 don't want you to throw anyone under the bus. Oh no, um, I,
1: I know. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, one, some people say that something would be controversial, right? Uh, yeah, but for me, I don't know. I don't I think that what a, a lot of what people people think that I'm controversial. And uh, when you look at what I do, and you compare it to uh, a lot of what, you know, some of the members of the, the Democrat Party have done and what they've got gotten away with, I've never done anything as egregious as some of the actual crimes that the Democrats are committing and getting away with, you know, no,
0: I think we need more people on the right that have the balls right. that you guys do. Oh, yeah, you guys no, do.
1: I, I agree. But a lot of people are just scared of optics, right? Because when you subject yourself to do something, if you do a stunt, right, or uh, say you do some type of performance art, like when I handcuffed myself to Twitter, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. People, you know, people care about optics. I I don't really care about optics. Um, So for me, you know, that's never an issue. But a lot of people are more concerned about whether or not CNN or the Daily Beast is going to write a hit piece about them. And so uh, they don't fight back. They're going to do it regardless. Yeah, I just I think that more people need to start fighting back. Definitely.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, think about it like this. That's how uh, they put someone stale like Romney up there or uh, McCain or Bob Dole or whatever. And that's how you just keep losing. That's a recipe for, you know, disaster.
1: Right. And um, I wouldn't necessarily say Republicans are even winning right now. All right, look, I'm a supporter of President Trump and President Trump uh, is doing a good job. But look at the look at how feckless a lot of the members of the Republican Party are in Congress and in our Senate. You know, I mean, they allowed for the impeachment proceedings to take place and they, they weren't. I don't think that they fought back. Right. I mean, in the in the Senate. OK, fine. But but uh, it just seems like a lot of um a lot of the members of Congress have almost been, uh, neutered, you know, they're just very complicit and, uh, non-confrontational and
0: by uh, nature, that's what a conservative is. I think that's why it's kind of tough to, for instance, bring young people on our side because we're, our whole pitch philosophically speaking is let's go, let's, let's kind of go back to how things were. Let's have a little bit more simpler lives. Let's, not go to the extreme like progressives talk about progressing, but at what cost? You know that no one ever asks that. But but I think that by nature, conservatives just, especially after losing the whole gay marriage thing and all that, they kind of just want to be left alone. They don't want to participate in the culture war. I think that's wrong. That's why I'm on your guys' side. That's why I like what you and Jacob and everyone else, does, and even and Milo and everyone. You know, right? Um, but yeah, I and and I, so I I remember seeing a lot of you. I mean, obviously social, you had social media and all that, but, um, for instance, with the, the Shakespeare in the park thing, uh, Sean Hannity had you on, on, are you, are you blacklisted from Fox news?
1: Yeah, I'm blacklisted. So that was, um, I'm blacklisted now, but my, the, the Shakespeare in the park video was really the first thing I did uh, when I left project Veritas. So I have Even prior to being a public personality and a public, uh, you know, investigative journalist and having my own social media following, um, I was undercover working for Project Veritas and James O'Keefe and the Hillary Clinton campaign. And of course, as an undercover, you're not really allowed to have your own real social media because you have, you know, um, fake accounts, right? You have to assume aliases in order to successfully carry out your undercover uh, missions, which I did, right? So I couldn't have my own social media. But then when I left, right, I, I, stormed the stage of Shakespeare in the park in New York and protested the incitement of violence against conservatives. And mind you, that was the same week that Steve Scalise got shot. Um, and then I generated instant, uh, online fame overnight. I mean, I got about 50,000 followers overnight, uh, just from that, um, that, uh, that incident alone, which I was arrested for. Um, but, uh, I did some of that for a while and then, uh, and then I started doing my Loomered videos and a lot of my investigative journalism and activism. And that's really how I generated my following, is I invented my own type of journalism. But why, why do
0: you think, um, for instance, Fox News has blacklisted you? I know they blacklist a lot of people.
1: They blacklist a lot of people. And look, Roger Ailes isn't there anymore. And there's a new woman named Suzanne Scott. And uh, the management at Fox isn't conservative like a lot of people think it is. It's actually liberal. The Murdoch brothers are married to these very progressive you know, anti-Trump women who uh, want to basically turn Fox News into CNN. Uh, and so they made all their their top talent sign contracts, uh, saying that they weren't going to be very politically involved this year. They can't publicly endorse people. Uh, you know, some of the Fox News personalities have endorsed me, but they've had to do it in very private ways. You know, I mean, they won't even allow me to go on the shows, even though they've requested to have me on. And uh, I think it's because Fox is scared of losing advertisers. And unfortunately, the Republicans and our, I guess, if you want to call Fox News conservative media, although it's not really conservative anymore, they've allowed themselves to be bullied by the radical left. So, you know, they, they say, oh, well, we can't have people like Laura Luber or Milo or Gavin McGinnis or, you know, whoever whoever else pick your take on because oh well, care and the SPLC—they're going to call and then they're going to boycott all of our advertisers and then we're not going to have any advertising money. I mean, that's the radical left has Fox News by the balls. So what good does having a so-called conservative network even mean if at the end of the day you you answer to the radical left? You know, they—they yeah. they don't really seem to um, practice what they preach, and their hosts get paid millions of dollars a year to complain and virtue signal about free speech and the corruption in the Democrat party and the radical left. And then, you know, little do, yeah. little does the average American know that every single day when Tucker and Kennedy and all these other people want to have their hosts on, they have to call up to what they call the seventh floor and get Suzanne Scott's approval. So they're, they're implementing their own form of censorship at Fox news.
0: That, that's a bummer. Cause I, I, per, I love uh, Tucker Carlson. I think he's awesome. And, but he keeps having these horrible guests all the time. Like, yeah, un- uninteresting, yeah. the most milquetoast people. Do you yeah, think they, that I
1: won't let them on? I mean, I've, I look, I, I have Tucker Carlson's personal cell phone number. You know, I've, I've, I have all these people's personal cell phone numbers. It's not like they're unaware of me and who I am and what my, what my situation is, but they've been told they're not allowed to have me on. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you have Tucker Carlson who's constantly talking about censorship and how we need to fight back against it, but in a way, you know, and I I love, I I really like Tucker, but there's a bit of hypocrisy in his message, right? Because here he is saying, yeah, let's fight back against this and censorship is wrong. But then he's allowing himself to be a puppet for his masters at Fox news who tell him, Nope, you can't have Laura Loomer on, right? You can't have so-and-so on because they're on the blacklist. So, um,
0: yeah, I I I think think he's
1: more of these Fox news hosts actually fight back. And, uh, you know, go against what the management says, but then I suppose they'd be fired, wouldn't they?
0: Yeah. Uh I think Tucker's kind of maybe using Fox News right now as a as a platform to jump off of to maybe run <laughs> in 2024. I it's just a gut feeling I have. It's not like I've heard anything, but I have a feeling that he is gonna, you know, take uh the the step to run for president. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You you probably would know better than I than I do.
1: I don't know. I haven't heard anything. Um, who knows, you know? But I do agree that the guests are just so boring sometimes. I mean, I definitely don't uh, want to listen to Dave Rubin talk about censorship with his, uh, you know, book his cliche <laughs> book about uh, censorship and oh, don't don't burn this book, right? I, I don't wanna. I don't wanna hear from Dave Rubin when Dave Rubin won't even allow me to come on the Rubin Report because he's scared that his YouTube channel is gonna be demonetized. Like it's just. Yeah. Just you gotta. If you want to know about deplatforming and censorship, why don't you actually talk to someone who's been deplatformed? You know, this isn't rocket science, folks. And uh, apparently, it's just really hard for these people to understand that uh, that uh, that there's a whole community of people out there who have actually been deplatformed. We don't just talk about it for the sake of selling books and and making money on YouTube.
0: Yeah, Dave Rubin's a pussy. Um, do you think that the, uh, uh, Joe Rogan is leaving YouTube? which I think is really relevant. I think, I think he's kind of had enough. He's been, he, it seems like he's been self-censoring. Everyone's been noticing, been noticing that. Uh, do oh, you think definitely.
1: That we- he's definitely been self-censoring. And uh, I think now he's starting to wake up to it. And I think that it really put him in a, an uncomfortable situation when uh, you know, he was going to have Alex Jones on and there was all this controversy about not having Alex Jones on and he didn't know if he was going to get banned. And then he had Alex Jones on. And, you know, I haven't been on Joe Rogan's show. He talks about me. He knows who I am because, you know, he's certainly mentioned me enough times. Uh, And I know people who have had personal conversations with him and, um, and others about having me on. I mean, even Alex Jones asked him to have me on uh but he won't because he's been scared that YouTube is going to demonetize him so you know it's it really impacts people who are banned and having egregious civil rights violations carried out against them or people who really do want to talk about important issues like myself and others like Gavin because uh these these people with the big podcast, they won't have us on because they're scared they're going to de- be demonetized or deplatformed because what these companies have done is they've basically made it guilt by association if you ask the average person why Laura Loomer was banned from Facebook, they probably wouldn't even be able to tell you. They probably just say, "Oh, isn't that that girl who they say hates Muslim people?" Right? I don't hate Muslim people. Do you know why I was banned from Facebook?
0: They said you're a dangerous person, right? Was that what they said? Yeah, they but said you know
1: you... why they said I was dangerous.
0: No, I I don't remember. I was on it, crime it...
1: With Gavin McGinnis. So they 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 used an interview I did on Gavin's show when he was on Crtv. OK, they literally based it off of something that I didn't even post. So the fact that I just did an interview with Gavin McGuinness and the fact that I said that I believe that Faith Goldie had a right to run for office in Canada and I expressed support for her for her when she was being censored, they labeled me a dangerous individual. I didn't even do anything on Facebook that violated their terms of service. They They banned mm-hmm. me because of an association I had with somebody. So now they ban people and you can be deplatformed for associations. And, you know, of course, no one ever tells that side of the story because it's much more convenient for the left to just say, oh, yeah, she was posting hate speech, whatever the hell hate speech is, you know, another term.
0: Are you suing any of these companies?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've sued all of them, but the media doesn't talk about my lawsuits, even though they're the most, uh, you know, viable lawsuits against big tech out there. But I've sued Twitter. I've sued CARE because it came out in the Wall Street Journal that CARE, which is a terrorist organization, stands for the Council on American Islamic Relations, privately lobbied Twitter to ban me. Uh, So I sued, and um, that's on appeal right now. And then I also have an antitrust case against Google, Facebook, Twitter, and Apple for uh, violations of the Sherman antitrust law and censorship of conservatives. Uh, That's going to be – that's being heard in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. I was supposed to have an appeal – I was supposed to have my oral arguments in D.C. on April 15th, but this Chinese virus ruined that along with many of my other endeavors that I had planned. And then a defamation lawsuit against Facebook uh, because they labeled me a dangerous individual. And then not only did they label me a dangerous individual – but then, the day that I filed my lawsuit, they changed their terms of service to say that it was okay for people to post death threats against people who they deem dangerous.
0: When you win, are are you going to be able to get back on Twitter because you're going to be a, a politician? You're going to be an elected official. Well, are they gonna-
1: I, I doubt it, but that's going to be really interesting, right? Because they've testified under oath that they um, that they are not politically biased, right? That they don't censor conservatives. But then what are they going to do? Are they going to ban me? Are they not going to let me have an account? They already changed their rules the day after I filed to run for office because the day that I filed, it was the number one trending story on Twitter. Mind you, I'm not even on Twitter and I'm still trending number one. And then then what happened is uh, the very next day they said, well, we're changing our rules. And the rules were that if you were a candidate for Congress, you'd get a verified account. But we're changing that. You have to win your primary first because the primary in Florida is in August, right? one of right. the ladies in the country. So then all these social justice Democrats who are uh, running against Democrat candidates, right? You're talking about these full-blown communists who are trying to unseat uh, Democrats like AOC did. They're like, oh, well, that's not fair to us, okay? We want to have verified accounts. So then Twitter, being a radical leftist company, gave in to the social justice Democrats and said, okay, well, uh, that's fine. We're just going to change our rules again. And every single candidate running for office gets a verified check mark. So then the Gateway pundit uh, reached out to Twitter and said, Well, what about Laura Loomer? And they said, Every candidate except Laura Loomer. (laughs) I mean, you can't make this up. You honestly cannot make this up. And then Facebook did the same thing. So I said, Okay, well, I'm going to create a Facebook uh, account for my campaign. So my campaign tried to create a Facebook account. And then um, less than 24 hours after it was created, it was banned. And then Breitbart reached out to Facebook and Facebook said, well, we're creating a new rule today. And the new rule is that if you've been previously banned, uh, it doesn't matter if you're running for office or if you even become an elected official. You can't have access. So to answer your question, I guess Facebook has already made up their mind that uh, when I win my race in 165 days, that uh, I'm not going to have a Facebook account. So I suppose I'll be the only member of Congress who uh, is banned off of mainstream social media
0: that that's crazy. I I was just thinking um the do you, do you think that there are okay. It's there's the deep state, right? Yeah. Do, are are there people within the deep state trying to prevent you from winning? Do you think that that's that's happening?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, look, obviously what has happened to me is so severe that it's pretty clear that there are deep state actors working to keep me down. I mean, I just turned 27 yesterday, okay? And they've been doing this to me since I was, what, 20, 24 years old for the last three years of my life. Uh, do you really honestly think that these companies are just going to go after uh, a then 24-year-old girl with everything that they had? And and do you think that that uh, you know America's banking institutions and payment processors are going to go after me unless I really posed a, a serious threat to the deep state? I mean, they could have only- just... They- Left me, right? It, all these yeah. other people who get banned somehow are able to get back on and they create other accounts. I mean, they really honestly have gone out of their way to make sure that I cannot ever be heard again. And it's not just uh, on social media, it's like mainstream media blacklists. I'm running for Congress and there are PR people who I've consulted with, okay? And uh, these are friends of mine these are friends of mine who know a bunch of people in politics and they've worked on presidential campaigns and they know everybody. Okay. They know all the hosts, they know everybody. They have told me that out of their, you know, 20 something years, uh, in the industry, they have never seen such an aggressive heavy blacklist on anybody besides me. I mean, they have never seen it so severe to the extent as which they, they see it with me. They will email people who they have known for 20 plus years and not even get a reply. I mean, when people contact about me, contact these media organizations, not only do they blacklist me, but they won't even reply to inquiries about me when, if they were to ask about anybody else, they get replies. So obviously, you know, there are people out there who are uh, working to shut me down. And it's probably because I've gone after and I've exposed some of the, uh, some of the most high profile members of the deep state, right? I confronted Hillary Clinton on camera, something that no other journalist ever had the balls to do. I confronted James Comey, Uh, you know, I put illegal aliens on Nancy Pelosi's lawn, Keith Ellison, who was the deputy chair of the DNC had to resign because of my investigation. Okay, I've gone after the Islamo fascist uh, propaganda arm of the Democrat Party, and I'm talking about care. And I've, you know, exposed a lot of their secrets and a lot of things that they never wanted out. I single handedly took down the women's march. You know, I've done a lot of damage to the Democrats and these these people who have invested a lot of money into into seeing our country fail. And so without a doubt, they're coming after me, you know, and there's things that these people have done to me that I can't even talk about for the safety of my own life uh, that, you know, are 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 happening outside of social media.
0: (laughs) So if they can't stop you from winning, do you think that you'd be more in danger? Because they they've done everything else to stop you.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I I I know. Look, these companies already incited violence. They pretty much put a fatwa on my head when they said it was okay for people to kill me. So I know these people want me dead. I mean, that's that's pretty clear. Uh, that's that's pretty evident. So you know, I I remain vigilant, but I'm also not going to allow them to stop me or threaten me or prevent me from from doing what I want to do. And uh, that's the thing is they thought that I was going to give up and that I was just going to go away after they silenced me. But, uh, now they've really, I guess, awakened the beast to the point where, uh, <laughs> there's no going back now. And now I'm coming back stronger and more powerful than ever before. And I'm going to be their worst nightmare when I get elected to Congress.
0: Yeah. You're, you're pretty much you like, like you mentioned before, you're not just banned on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, but you're pretty much banned from ba- certain banking institutions, Uber Eats. Yeah, uh, pay- delivery? Pay- I mean,
1: how do you get banned from Uber Eats? It's crazy. You know Yeah, that doesn't make sense yeah. to me. It's
0: not like you're gonna ride in a car with anyone.
1: Yeah. So I mean they clearly have it out. And what they're trying to do too is they use me as patient zero. They use Alex Jones and Milo and Gavin as patient zero. Because they want to see in a case study, like how far they can take this, right? So they clearly have bigger goals to implement this on mass amounts of society, which is now what they're starting to do with coronavirus. They're starting to shut people down. And, you know, censorship on a global scale has just been put on steroids over the last three months of quarantine, right? Uh, So it's only going to get worse. And Twitter just the other day, they changed their terms of service to say that, uh, that you can now be banned for no reason. So what a convenient thing to have in your terms of service in an election year. You can be banned for no reason. So if you tweet MAGA or Trump or maybe Laura Lumer for Congress or maybe if you post a meme about Joe Biden or you post factually correct information about vaccines and the Chinese virus, you'll be banned without any reason because they don't they don't uh, they don't uh, need to have a reason now according to their new terms of service.
0: So yeah, the the, the scary yeah. thing the scary thing is is that there needs to be greater pushback from more people on the right because where do you go where do you like what country can you go to you can't escape anywhere we have pretty much the whole world wants to live here for a reason so where the hell do we go once this becomes the norm i always ask people that question and that's why i think it's it's important to to preserve the first amendment to to preserve the constitution as a whole
1: yeah you're right (laughs) I mean, of course, uh, people want to come here because they want to come here because people are persecuted in other parts of the world. Why? Because they don't have a First Amendment protection. They don't have, it's not just free speech, okay? It's not just free speech that the First Amendment covers. We're talking about freedom of association, the right to assemble, okay? In other parts of the world, you get shot and killed. You get jailed if you protest your authoritative uh, regimes, right? You get imprisoned for the rest of your life, depending on some places in the world, Uh, You know, that's what separates us from all these other countries. And the Democrats are just trying to turn America into this third world shithole uh, governed by uh, totalitarian, draconian policies. And uh, they don't have any regard for the Constitution. Uh, They're clearly not even teaching civics in school anymore. They don't want future generations of students to uh, have any sort of nationalism or patriotism or love for country, which, you know, is found within our founding documents. Okay. Um, so they, they want to destroy us from within and, uh, what better way to do that than, uh, than, uh, knocking off every single right in the constitution down ballot.
0: Yeah. What you, you, you mentioned, um, they don't teach civics or anything in schools anymore. Uh, what do you think about the public school system as a whole, like in general?
1: Well, I think it's awful. I mean, you have these teachers, a lot of them are on tenure, a lot of, uh, Schools are getting Title Nine, you know, Title Nine funding. They're getting they're getting uh, money from the government, and really, what they are, they're communist indoctrination camps, and uh, just what we're seeing. And it's not every single school, you know. There are some there are some exceptions to the rule, and not all teachers are like this. But it seems like you send your kid to school, and they just get programmed. They get programmed into becoming little radical leftists, and it's shocking, you know, because I am twenty seven. I grew up every day I got, I went to school, elementary school, and we began our day by, by standing up saying the pledge of allegiance. And, um, and even when I was in school, even though there's, you know, separation of church and state, of course, uh, people didn't go crazy if there were religious symbols in the classroom. And now, you know, forget about saying the, 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 the pledge you have elected officials like Ilhan Omar that are signing off to ban the pledge of allegiance in certain parts of the country, you know? So, um, it's definitely uh, dangerous. I'm I'm a fan of 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 homeschooling, and I think that uh, that's probably going to become more popular. And maybe that's the silver lining of the Chinese virus, right? Is that people got to stay home and they got to realize how their kids really aren't learning anything in school, you know? And how, yeah,
0: they're they're glorified and bakers.
1: And how and and how you can teach your kid a lot more. And this isn't for everybody because not everybody can homeschool, right? But uh, but I think a lot of people are starting to be woken up to the fact that wow, what is my kid learning? They're home with their kids, so they're actually able to supervise what their kids are learning in school right now, you know. And I've been getting screenshots from people um, from their kids' homework, and I saw one the other day that asked a you know a high school student to define what what hard pornography was. I mean, why
0: are you? I saw that. Are you I saw that
1: to define hard pornography. Another friend of mine out of Texas sent me a screenshot from an online school curriculum where, um, they were asking students what jihad was. Okay. And they were, of course there wasn't a correct answer because not only are they trying to indoctrinate your kids to be communists, but they want your kids to be Islamo fascists. Okay. And so they want your kids to think that, that, uh, that there's nothing violent about Islam at all. Okay. And, uh, uh, but then the, the, they want your they want your kids to also uh, grow up to be atheists who are only tolerant of of uh, policies proposed by what is referred to as the red green axis or the red green alliance this this alliance between communists and, and jihadists and we see that right there's there's lawsuits that have literally been filed in in uh, schools across the country by mothers who said that teachers were trying to convert their kids to Islam they're having them recite the shahada.
0: Oh, they can do that, but not, not the Pledge of Allegiance.
1: Right. I mean, how is that acceptable?
0: Yeah, the the, the disdain for this country, it, it's insane. Because I, I went to a Jewish private school, and we also did the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, It was normal back then.
1: Yeah. And I didn't um, even go to private school. I went to public school. I mean, up until high school, and then I went to boarding school. You know, I went to boarding school starting eighth grade. But when I uh, when I was in kindergarten and whatnot, all the way up to seventh grade, you start the day with the pledge. You know, every day.
0: Yeah, the, the, it's funny because, like, like the, we've we've noticed pretty much since GamerGate, since Milo came onto the scene and all that, that college campuses were horrible and in, they're they're indoctrinating kids and all that. But really, the reality of it is that the indoctrination starts in kindergarten. It starts right away. It's not like it just happens. It's not like people get radicalized uh, all of a sudden when they're 18 years old. I think it's dangerous.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it starts... Look, by the time you're 18 years old, the socialization process ends, okay? Socialization is supposed to take place within a person's home. And socialization takes place between the ages of, what, 5 to... Five to five to twelve or so between those between those few years of your life, you're you're socialized. So by the time between the ages of five and maybe I don't know twelve or thirteen, you are socialized by your family into adopting certain political views, certain religious views, and certain uh, moral codes of conduct. And so, if if the public school system is able to corrupt people in the most uh, pivotal time of the socialization. Process in their lives. By the time they get to college, they're already going to be little radical leftists. You know.
0: Yeah, I want to go back to the Ilhan Omar controversy. So it's pretty conclusive. She married her brother. You exposed that. Yeah. Um, and, and and Tucker even ha- mentioned it and and had segments about it. But it doesn't. It, it seems to have fizzled out. Why is it that they can keep getting away with th- these kinds of things? Uh, you know, if, if it was a, if it was a Republican or a conservative, this would still be in the news. Because we have it, too,
1: because we have too many pussies in Congress. That's why. Okay. You know, I love how, I love how these freshmen hijabi congressmen are able to come on the scene and say, yeah, we're going to impeach the mother effort. Right. And they're able to command an entire Democrat Congress full of senior members who have been serving for like, what, 25, 30 years. Uh, And then you have Republican members of Congress who have been serving for just as long and they can't they can't file uh, impeachment papers for the members of Congress who have who have committed immigration fraud or who are openly supporting terrorist organizations. I mean, you can impeach a member of Congress. You know that. You, it's not just a president. Members of Congress can be impeached or they can be censured. They had no problem standing by and and dogpiling onto Steve King, you know, a really great Republican congressman who was falsely accused uh, on accusations of white supremacy. Okay. This is a guy who was an America first patriot who they silenced. Okay. And Republicans dogpiled on with the left and accused him of being a racist because of fake news that was published in the New York Times. Uh but then none of these same republicans can can make an effort to uh censure uh censure and when I say censure it's not censor it's censure you know like right. when you basically prevent or you immobilize a member of Congress from having any you know any authority. they can't do that for Omar, who has a senior position on the Foreign Affairs committee where she's undoubtedly probably giving our 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 classified information to her friends in ISIS.
0: yeah you'd think that they would use this against her but yeah i guess they don't have balls do you think any of these
1: they don't they don't have balls because you know why because she wears a hijab okay and (laughs) that's oh my god let's change the long-standing rules in congress so this woman OK, can wear her hijab and then basically incite terror and fear into into the into the psyche of every member of Congress so that when they want to open their mouth and call her out for committing a crime, they have to worry about being called an Islamophobe or anti-Muslim. I mean, it's ridiculous. They, the yes. only reason why they don't call her out, I swear to God, if she wasn't a Muslim, she wouldn't be getting away with this. She honestly wouldn't. But they're yeah. so scared of of being called anti-Muslim or Islamophobic. And look what they do. You know, Fox News, they tried to fire Janine Pirro because she asked a question about Omar's hijab. She didn't even say anything about her hijab. She asked a question and they tried to fire her.
0: Do you think any of these members like AOC or Ilhan Omar or the other ones, uh, do you think that any any of them are going to lose? Do they have any strong opponents or no?
1: Who knows? You know, there's so much voter fraud and In places like Detroit, I mean, look, the people of Michigan are pretty pissed right now. Uh, In Minnesota, I know that Lacey Johnson, who's a black Republican who's running against Omar, has been endorsed by President Trump. Who knows if he's going to be able to win or not. But unfortunately, you know, they have turned into they have turned Minnesota into uh, an Islamic country. I mean, Minnesota is unrecognizable. People call it Somalia because they have just been so overrun by Islamic migrants from from Somalia. And I have a friend, a Jewish activist, uh, Marnie Hockenberg, who actually is putting her house on the market, and she's leaving because she doesn't feel safe there anymore as a Jewish woman living in Minnesota, Minneapolis. And so you know, they have all these Somali migrants, and they come in and they just breed and they breed and they breed. And then they you know, they have 10 kids each, And then their kids grow up and a generation later, that's, that's 10 votes. And you multiply that by however many thousand migrants are there. And that's enough to replace an entire voting block. So that's the reason why Omar and people like Keith Ellison and some of these other Somali, uh, you know, refugees, if you want to call them that are able to, um, get elected in Minnesota is because the Somalis are taking over.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, I just finished reading *The Death of the West*. I can't stop talking about that book, and it, basically, it's just it's eye-opening how white people aren't having sex anymore. We're not having babies anymore. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Um, and then you have all these people coming into our country, and they're basically replacing us. It's going to be harder and harder to win. Uh, and in, like you said, the the well, they probably,
1: are, they probably are uh still having sex they're just uh you know aborting their kids because well you know that's the culture that's been created now by the progressive left is they've tried to destroy the the nuclear family they have uh created massive amounts of degeneracy in our society with dating apps like tinder and bumble and you know they've they've basically over sexualized uh people are definitely still sleeping together they've over sexualized um humanity to the point where people are now not really focused on the end goal of having a family and you know s- having sex for the purpose of creating a family instead it's all about instant gratification and degeneracy and and then you know no no consequences for your actions we live in a society now where the democrats have made everybody think that everyone gets a prize it doesn't matter how much you screw up in life how much of a failure how much of a loser you are, okay? You you get a prize and there's always an excuse and a way to fix your actions. So, you know, you get pregnant, I guess they advocate for abortion, right? And so there's a destruction of the family unit. That's why a lot of marriages aren't aren't uh, aren't working anymore. Divorce rates are up. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people just aren't even having kids because well, people are shamed for wanting to have families now. People are shamed for wanting to be in monogamous relationships.
0: Yeah. How is it for you? Because it's, it's tough. I would, I would assume it's tough not only being a public figure, but, but being in politics and all that. How is it for you? The dating life?
1: Oh, well, it's practically, you know, non-existent. It's hard, you know, and uh, it's, it's difficult because as a public figure, you have to worry about people wanting to take advantage of you, you know? And Mm -hmm. so um, I don't want to sound, you know, Cocky when I say this, but it's also kind of hard to meet people who are on my level, right? And so, for me, if you know, I meet someone and the conversation is very surface level, or they can't really communicate with me on the level that I want to communicate, it just doesn't work, right? And then a lot of men, you know, I'm a I'm a woman. I'm a I am I am high profile. Uh, I would say that I've been very successful thus far, and will only continue to become more successful. And a lot of men are intimidated by that. And then like I said, a lot of people are just very degenerate. Uh, even when you do meet somebody who you can connect with, a lot of people just don't really value monogamy anymore. And uh for me, that's important and um and people are just kind of flaky and I don't know.
0: Are, it, are, dudes, are dudes are you experiencing a, a level of of uh <laughs> I mean we're call we're basically calling everyone pussies on this episode, and that's fine. But yeah. uh, but is it tough? I mean, you're in Florida, though. I, I would assume that it's, it's you, there aren't so many pussies there that you'd go out with some alphas, is, or, or that's not well, the not,
1: case. It's not even just, even if you meet somebody who is a quote-unquote alpha or somebody who you can get along with, like I said, it's this issue of, of degeneracy in our society now that makes people more interested in instant gratification, right? And so people are willing to throw away good relationships or relationships that could be good, uh, for the sake of you know, like I said, instant gratification, or uh, they've been led to believe that monogamy is not uh, is not uh, is not good, right? And I, I blame dating apps for a lot of that. And
0: um, oh yeah, it, 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 hard, it came. You know? from, yeah, I mean also the the free love movement. Right. I'm as so a all-
1: guy. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to pry too much into your personal life, but it's hard to meet people. I How old are you?
0: 33.
1: Okay. So you're older than me, but it's hard to meet people who are really interested in, um, you know, even having relationships when you're, when you're, when you come from the millennial age group, because people are, you know, so hooked on these weird dating apps and it is, it's very degenerate, you know, and we live in a, in a society where people think that if they get bored, they just swipe right or they swipe left and, you know, they move on to something else. There's never... Uh, um, it, it, people don't, yeah. people want to work on their issues, right? People don't want to solve things. And then also because of this hookup hook culture and, uh, this swipe right, kind of, like you said, free, free love culture, people, um, have unrealistic expectations. And so if you, if you hold somebody to high standards of, you know, being a mon- in a monogamous relationship or, um, you know, just having kind of like a traditional relationship, and you call them out for, oh, I don't know, you know, being on Tinder while they're in a relationship or dating multiple people at the same time, they try to make you seem like the crazy one. Like, oh, what's wrong with you? You know what, you know, that's, they, they like to make you feel like polygamy is, is the new normal and that you're the crazy one for wanting to have like a wholesome monogamous relationship, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or like I'm sure you've experienced that or social media too. I mean, it's it's basically soft porn every time you log online now. And so you have people who they, maybe they don't watch hard pornography, but you could be dating somebody and then they go on Instagram and they're just surrounded by all these uh, photos of naked women or naked men. And um, it makes it very hard in this day and age because because uh, the internet has made cheating also much more widespread. And so you may think that you're in a completely devoted Monogamous, honest relationship, uh, but with Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram, so many people now are cheating. You know, social media has just ruined relationships. It really has ruined modern day dating. Wouldn't you agree? Totally.
0: I yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. It it took me a long time to start realizing that that way of life is empty and just horrible. But uh, it's just funny how how so called feminists think that being so disposable as a person is totally fine and they start realizing it before it's too, you know, once it's already too late, they can't have a family anymore or anything. And then they're miserable. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are, a lot of yeah. men are
1: like that, but a lot of men are like that too. Like even, even some guys who like to view themselves as conservative, they participate in these kind of, uh, you know, degenerate behaviors. And so, uh, it goes both ways, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody who actually is loyal to you and committed to you and monogamous, and then you as a man just decide that you're going to, you know, go against that and you're going to, uh, I guess, kind of shit all over it. Well, they're, they're also kind of, uh, lowering women's expectations and, uh, putting, putting negative, uh, negative experiences into the minds of women or women who do that to good men. Right, until people just kind of don't really have any expectations anymore. And I don't know, some people just get discouraged from wanting to pursue having a family when they've been let down.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty depressing. <laughs> there's yeah there's and a- it's
1: harder. It's even more that way when you're a public figure because either people are trying to use you or people are trying to entrap you, or people aren't honest and You know, you definitely don't want to be in a situation where you're with somebody who isn't honest, or when you're a public figure, because then that's humiliating. You know, the press is always up your ass, trying to find stories about you and trying to, you know, look for look for ways to embarrass you. And so, I guess when you're a public figure and you try dating people, you get you get a lot of paranoia. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's not you just can't you can't you can't date the same way. And people also. for at least when you're a woman it's very intimidating to some people it's intimidating to a lot of men um some of the threats i've received as well have ended some of my relationships because um you know some some people get freaked out and so you could be having a really good relationship but when i started to get death threats from uh, jihadists and members of terrorist organizations you know that you led dodged to one the of
0: bullet our- though you dodged the, the bullet because those aren't real men
1: this the guy dumped me because he said he didn't want to be collateral damage, you know? So, that is
0: crazy.
1: So, you that's, know, it's hard. It's really hard to date.
0: <laughs> that's not a real man. No, you'll 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 find one. If Milo can find a monogamous relationship, then we all we all can.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> I mean, come on. If Milo can do it, we can do it. Um, yeah,
1: that's why we can't have nice things. What? <laughs> Thanks to the left, the progressive left, they've ruined everything. But, I know. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, and then you're a guy, right? So I guess the modern equivalent to a guy like you would be women on OnlyFans, right? So
0: <laughs> oh, God.
1: stories of guys dating women who are, uh, are, have OnlyFans accounts. And then they tell their girlfriends, oh no, you can't have an OnlyFans account. I don't want, I don't like that. And then they break up because feminism has taught these women, oh no, no, you can, you can have a boyfriend and an OnlyFans account. <laughs>
0: no it, it's absolutely insane it's Crazy,
1: uh, like, people are nuts <laughs> w-
0: w- uh, what uh what do you think about jacob's OnlyFans? fan only fans i think it's a big troll but
1: <laughs> i don't know i i i don't subscribe obviously because i'm banned i think it's <laughs> yeah. a troll i mean i hope that it's not a traditional only fans account because i i do view uh only fans as as prostitution uh, oh but- totally um, and I've said this before, you know, I've said, you know, OnlyFans is definitely prostitution and we shouldn't be enabling it or encouraging it, but I don't know if it's a troll because the left-wing media is so obsessed with him. And so maybe it was an idea where he got basically all these leftist reporters to pay on a company dime to get Jacobs OnlyFans. Account.
0: Oh man, I I really hope that's true. So he could I be really all true.
1: this money potentially from, you know, obsessed lefty reporters Who are writing stories about it because that's what they get paid to do because God knows there aren't any more important news stories in the world, right?
0: Yeah. Um, We're pretty much out of time, but is there anything else that you want to add? Where can people follow? Where do you want people to follow you and and donate to your campaign and and all that?
1: Uh, Well, people can follow me on Parler or Gab at Laura Loomer. I'm also on Telegram. I guess that's where you follow me, right? Or where do you follow me?
0: Yeah. I follow you on Parler and on Telegram.
1: Oh, I'll have to I'll have to follow you too on Parler. Uh, but I you need can to be also, more active
0: uh, there. I I, I the, sure. the, the app kind of comp- huh.
1: Well, and you're a content creator, so now they have this thing called tipping on Parler where you're able to tip people. So you know how you can like a post on Twitter, and then if someone puts a PayPal link, you can donate through their PayPal link if you're not banned like right. I am. Well, Parler <laughs> has called tipping, and you can actually send people cash if you like their posts. So you can you can oh, set wow. up yeah, it's, you can make money on there as an influencer. Um,
0: yeah. I got to be more active on there. I, 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 I have the app. I have it on my phone. I follow you and Gavin on there.
1: Right. And so people can follow me at Laura Loomer for And that's where you can sign up to receive my campaign emails or make a donation. You can sign up to volunteer and it is my 27th birthday. So uh, if you want to support my campaign and you want to see me become the youngest uh, member of Congress and the youngest woman ever elected to the United States Congress, you can make a donation of $27 today.
0: Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen.
1: It is. is. It's just, uh, I feel it. I know it's going to happen. And who knows, maybe you'll come back to Florida for election night and you'll come to my victory party that
0: night. Um, I'm I'm so down. I'm so down. And if there's Antifa there, I'm I'm down to fight them.
1: Yeah, well, this is where President Trump's uh, victory party is going to be too because now that he's a new resident, I'm told he's spending election night at Mar-a-Lago. And so my district includes Mar-a-Lago, and I'm sure my my election night victory party will be right down the road.
0: Yeah, that's going to be perfect. I'll be I, can, I can't you. wait.
1: He'll be voting for me.
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> that's but amazing. Think, about,
1: think of the irony in this. President Trump, who uses Twitter every day, uh, he's not going to be able to communicate with his congresswoman on Twitter.
0: <laughs> no, we'll find we'll find a way to get you back on, even if you don't want to. Yeah. It's gonna happen.
1: Well, we can find a way to get Trump on parlor. You know, I'd love to see Twitter fail because uh it's so toxic. And I don't think that people should be continuing their posting on, on Twitter and Facebook when it only makes Mark and Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey richer. You know, they need to they need to people need to start helping facilitate the financial downfall and the financial destruction of these companies by moving to other sites that are are pro free speech.
0: You're right. You're absolutely so, right great awesome well thank you thank you for coming on
1: yeah thanks for having me on
0: that was laura loomer that was wrong opinion here's a song i love you bye